Happy Endings Only podcast. If you're new here, welcome! I'm Cindy. I'm Regina. We're two 20-something gals who love rom-com movies. And we're gonna watch them, and we're gonna talk about them a lot. So stay with us. We post a new episode every Sunday at 11 a.m. another episode of the happy endings only podcast and i'm your host cindy i'm your co-host regina and in this episode we're going uh to our teenage rom-coms that we grew up with and it wouldn't be complete if we didn't do the original the og disney channel uh love story and high school musical so Uh, we've never done a musical in our podcast before. This is actually the yeah, first yeah. musical. I'm quite glad we're doing this one as the first one, to be honest. Because for a lot of people our age, I feel like this was the first real musical that we got into before dabbling into things like Grease or dabbling into things like, um, I don't know, there's a bunch of musicals with um, Disney, but this one really tailored to our generation. You know? Yeah, so I feel like in each generation, there's gonna be like the one iconic musical that like mm-hmm. you just like keep referring back to that you grew up with. And then I guess for our specific generation or our specific like years, mm-hmm. this is like the it movie. <laughs> oh my god, this movie made the these people's careers. The fact that they're on successful Broadway shows or they're in blockbuster movies and all of that other stuff, it started from this. I know, and this is a a Disney Channel original movie. It's not even like a whole theatrical like uh, release. It's a Disney Channel original movie. But like, Mm -hmm. based like from its humble start, it becomes like this huge phenomenon that now it even spans like its own TV show that's a parody mm-hmm. of its own TV show, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like High School Musical, the musical, the series. Like, how meta of it yeah, you know. have to be. But yeah, it works. And it still has a really big following. Even in the generation after us, um, people still flock to High School Musical. I know. And, and then we know that they came up with High School Musical 2 after that. And then High okay. School Musical 3 that actually got released in the theaters. But we're mm-hmm. just gonna stick to the first movie for now because, like, we're just gonna bask in all of its iconic glory of Troy and Gabriela Montes, uh, in oh. in their like embryo days, right? Basically, yeah. this is like before all of them were anything. Yeah. Okay, so let's do a quick summary now. I feel like we've been like always like, uh, keeping our summary kind of long. So let's yeah, let's try. This week that we're gonna well, actually think, speed think, through this pretty fast. Yeah, I think the other thing is most people know this story. So um, Cindy was saying to me earlier that you can really tell what's going on in the story as long as you know what the songs are. So we're gonna be looping that into this discussion and hopefully it'll move things along a lot quicker. I know. And all of the songs in this movie is like, I don't know if I've mo- watched this movie too many times mm-hmm. that I can recite it by heart at this point. Yeah. Is like this. The After soundtrack years. is the soundtrack is just so good. Anyway, <laughs> the movie opens. I think they're on a cruise. Were they on a cruise? No, they're, they're on a ski resort. Like a I'm sorry. Yeah, they're on a ski resort. 
<laughs> but you know what? It doesn't matter. It only takes the first five minutes of the movie, right? Uh-huh. Basically, Troy uh, Bolton and Gabriela mm-hmm. Montez are two like separate individuals. They never met each other, but both of their families are vacationing at the ski resort. Mm-hmm. And on the last night of the ski resort, which happens to be what New Year's Eve or something yep. like that, right? Yep. Which happens to be a New Year's Eve. Uh, their parents kind of like push them, like do some fun stuff, do like the kid stuff, like the the kid fun stuff, or like the teen party. So yeah, they so went. they have a teen celebration at the lodge. Which I will say, like, what lodge are you staying at that your parents have a whole adult party and then like leave you guys all alone with? like i guess employees of the lodge just saying <laughs> well basically so both of them got pushed into this party that mm-hmm. apparently is a karaoke party i guess like yeah. where they have people go up on stage and sing songs right yeah and for whatever odd reason both of them ended up getting pushed to the stage at the same time and they had to sing a duet of the first opening song start of something new You know, it's like it's so iconic. Even the title is like it's it's symbolizing like what's gonna happen next. This is the mm-hmm. start of something new, and both of them were pictured to be like they never sang before. It's like this is like so not their their scene, but they ended up singing, and everybody's like clapping along, singing along, and they ended up like having a lot of fun. And then they exchanged number by the end. They got in close. They've talked all night, and then they took each other pictures, like to clip in their phone because apparently that's what you do. Like I've never done that when I was a kid, but apparently that's what they do. They like take each other pictures, yeah, <laughs> and then put it on your the other the other's phone. And then Troy promises that he's gonna call her, right? Yeah, but which then, he never did. Well, I mean, the other thing that's awkward is now it's leading up to 12 a.m. New Year's Day, and there's fireworks outside. And again, this is just the team party, right? Their families are nowhere in sight. They're about to like kiss because everyone else is kissing, and Gabrielle is just like, "Oh, I should, I should go find my mom." And then Troy says something like, "Oh yeah, me too." Oh wait, no, no, not your mom, my mom and dad. And it's just like this awkward, exactly what you imagine teen puppy love to be. Happens there, and that really gives you a good insight of what the whole movie is gonna be like. And so they part, and apparently they don't see each other again for the rest of the trip, and they go on to their respective ways. Yep. Fast forward to the start of the new school semester. So mm. I think Gabriella is moving, right? She's transferring from mm-hmm. whatever city that she used to live in to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yep. That's right? right. She's uh, she's transferring into this new high school, East High, and she's the new transfer student. So, like, I guess she's transferring in the middle of. So, is she transferring the spring in spring? Semester. Right. She, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she's transferring in the spring to East High, and guess who she meets? It's it's Troy. Oh my God! Yeah, very unusual turn of events, but it works out for them, and so. We get a little bit more backstory about um, Gabriella as a character. She's apparently this like genius science girl, wizard, yeah. some sort of thing. And Troy is obviously 
basketball team, very popular. Yeah. Um, he's like the jock, I guess, right? A very typical type of background characterizations for both of these. Yeah, and like, then I guess movies. it's like it's portrayed to be like they have their own cliques, right? They yeah. like so the nerdy one stays with like the nerdy group, the mm-hmm. musical theater group just stays within their group and then the basketball team just stays with the basketball teams and mm-hmm. then the there's cheerleaders yeah. there's like skaters what you expect like a normal high school to be like yeah but, at but the they're same put time... yeah yeah you know yeah kind of glamorized right mm-hmm. yeah but they're put in the same homeroom together right mm-hmm. and their homeroom teacher is miss darbus who is the the musical theater teacher mm-hmm. or yeah right and then yep. for some reason all of them are like on their phones and then miss darbus didn't like that so a lot of our like cast member ended up getting detention well it's because troy sees gabriella walk past him and he's not sure that it's her and she's walking to the back of the classroom and he doesn't really like full-on see her so he's testing a theory so he picks up his phone and he dials her. And you remember what it was like being in high school, not remembering to silence your phone? You are scouring through your bag to try to like turn it off before people get in trouble. But that didn't happen this time. And so a bunch of people, as you said, get implicated with detention. And what is detention? Yeah, detention, because Miss Darbus is apparently the musical theater director, then their detention is to paint a bunch of theater sets. Right, they are. Their their detention is actually helping her child labor. I'm just saying, like, what high school has you building sets? I I mean, again, we we grew up in very different high schools than what was portrayed on Disney Channel. But dang, people. Yeah, and then we are also introduced to Troy's dad, who is apparently the basketball coach. So mm-hmm. Troy is like portrayed to be having like some sort of this legacy, right? His dad used mm-hmm. to be a wild cat so his dad is putting a lot of pressure on him to be like the next him basically mm-hmm. right yeah. so uh his dad and miss darbus got into an argument because he wasn't happy about his kid skipping basketball practice to help paint a bunch of set right yep exactly and that just builds upon this whole um idea that everyone has their own clique and you're supposed to stay within those specific groups um but well it's not gonna be like that for long yeah because i guess meeting gabriella again has made like troy kind of like question right mm-hmm. it's like because he has i guess he has discovered his like passion or he has discovered his newfound interest mm-hmm. in singing right mm-hmm. so there is an audition for the whatever musical that they're doing, right? It wasn't even- They're saying it's winter, but like, yeah, you're heading into into spring, I'm just saying. I know, but like, even the story of the musical is not introduced. It's just, there's gonna be a musical. Like, just Mm -hmm. audition for it. Auditions are open, right? Also, it's so, it's so like, highbrow. It's, they're not even gonna say it's musical. They call it a musical. Like, you're trying to sell this to like 13 to 14 year olds. Such glamour. 
I know. Oh so I guess Troy and Gabriela catch up, and they were talking about like, are you gonna audition for the musical? And then they're like, no, this is not what I do. And then Gabriela mm-hmm. is like, well, I just transferred here. I don't want to do any like club activities yet. I'm just gonna try to get acquainted, get a feel of the school. And they went on their separate ways. But then Troy keeps thinking about it, which leads to another musical number of Get Your Head in a Game. So he's been like. Constantly distracted about he wants to audition, but he don't want his friends to know that he wants to audition. So it's this whole yeah, dilemma. Yeah, well, his friends, his friends are super against him thinking about anything else because they have the championship game coming up in two weeks, right? And so they can obviously see that Troy is coming back on vacation, that he's been kind of out of it, and it's all because of his attraction to Gabriella. And now that she's part of the school, it seems like he's blowing off what they consider to be like their team responsibilities of being team captain. But I feel and... like at the beginning, he was not really like, he, he was really interested in singing. So it's not like just Gabriella that caused him to like waver. I feel like mm. he, he, he enjoys singing as well. He enjoys singing with Gabriella. So not just like Gabriella, he enjoys the act of singing with Gabriella. But he's so afraid right. of what his friend is gonna say about that, right? But I feel like his friends are probably scapegoating mm. Gabriella as being kind of like the Yoko and having him, you know, like pulling him away from the things that he should care about. Um, but that's that's something we can revisit. Yeah. And then they are still like uh, kind of wavering on whether they want to audition or not. But they ended mm. up in the auditorium anyway during Hiding the audition day. They're, they're, they're like at the back. They were mm. like watching people audition. And then we got like this funny, silly montage of like <laughs> really a bunch of people. A bunch of people auditioning. And uh, and then we're introduced to Sharpay and Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. Twin? Twins? Are they twins? I think so. Yeah, so like yeah, brother and sister. Grade. Yeah, so brother and sister, twins, and they are like the star of the musical theater department. So they yeah, are co-presidents, I think. Mhm. They were auditioning for the song What I've Been Looking For with this elaborate like Broadway level, not really Broadway level, but like like with sets and then like with choreographed dance and then with mm-hmm. tap dancing and stuff like that but it wasn't really like the the vibe of the song but you no. you kind of commend their effort that they're actually willing to put to make oh, yeah. such a big production oh yeah they're born performers yeah so they were actually already like pretty sure that they're gonna get the leads right mm-hmm. before like Gabriella and Troy shows up and then starts doing like starts singing the song which like apparently they can read sheet music but we just don't know about it right <laughs> they were like yeah. they can read sheet music now and then like they were singing the the original rendition of the song what I've been looking for well this all happens after Miss Darvis is done with the auditions Gabriella after so like Miss Darvis turns off the light symbolizing okay we're done I mean, my choices, etc. And Kelsey, who is the composer of the entire show, she had gone up to Sharpay and Ryan saying like, hey, if you do the show, this isn't how I envisioned it. It's supposed to be much slower. It's supposed to, you know, set up the story. And Sharpay and Ryan kind of just dismiss her saying like, 
this is our show. We've been in 17 school productions. You don't have the right to tell me how to run this theater program. And so dejected, Kelsey is like by herself. And yeah, Gabriella and Troy burst in at that point saying like, oh, I want to I wanna audition last minute. The daughter says no, because they're obviously late. Yeah. And so that's when they go up and they... They start uh, singing healthy. anyway, right? Yeah, and they start singing anyway. Too low and behold, Ms. Darvis is apparently still in the hall listening. Yep, so they are getting their callbacks, right? Mm-hmm. For the, well, I guess it's the second audition, right? That's happening yeah. much later in the movie. So they were kind of excited about that, right? But they were, they're also, like, afraid of what their friends might might have said about that. So the mm-hmm. next day, when it's posted out there that who's being like called for a second audition, it's Troy and Gabriella. The whole school know. Then it's like everybody's like freaking out. It's like what is this like uh, mesh of like basketball mm-hmm. leader plus the science science theme to be together yeah. in a musical theater? Like what is this? Like yeah. it's so beyond them, right? The next the next song that comes up is like probably one of my favorite songs because the way that they shot this also was magical. When you think about what musicals looked like back in 2006, especially for a Disney Channel original movie, they did um, they did this next song really well. So it circles us back now. Sharpay and Ryan are freaking out. They're in the cafeteria and Chad and the basketball team are also freaking out because they're thinking like, oh my God, what is going on? Everyone's kind of like breaking these social barriers. Yep. So this, the next so, song is stick to the status quo, right? Yeah. That's the song. Yeah. And they literally have every single social group just have one spokesperson who's saying like, if Troy is able to tell his truth, then I can tell mine. So Zeke, the one of the basketball players, he comes out and he says, I'm a baker. I really want to be able to make like the perfect creme brulee. And then there's one of the um, skater boys were saying that they they were like playing the cello, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, one of the science decathlon girls, she is um, a dancer. Yeah, exactly. And so all of these people are making confessions, and Sharpay is basically just like standing above the entire thing on the second floor, just domineering, kind of like you're ruining my kingdom. <laughs> And so um, what happens eventually is they all break out into this huge um, musical number basically saying like, yeah, we need to stick to the status quo. Like, keep that stuff to yourself. Yeah. We need to maintain what this school the is The social like. order. They have to yeah. maintain the social order. It's like all of the jocks have to stay with the jocks. All of the brains have to stay with the brains. Like, mm-hmm. they, they can't... <laughs> They can't play with each other, apparently. So I guess after yeah. that, the basketball team, led by Chad, start scheming with the science team, right? Which mm-hmm. led by... What was her name? Taylor. Oh, yeah, with, ta- with Taylor. Wait, yes, yes, with Taylor. Mm-hmm. So they're scheming to break apart Troy and Gabriella. And mm-hmm. they do this by secretly recording Troy... Right in the locker room. In the locker after room, Chad provokes him to say certain hurtful things. Yeah. Yeah. So Chad kind of 
just bring Troy into the locker room and then started saying like, where's your head at? Like, are you even in it for the team? So it started to say like all of this, I guess, hurtful thing to Troy, which then led him to retaliate, like affirming his commitment to the basketball team, but also saying like, well, Gabriella is nothing to me. Like, I don't, I don't care about singing. Like, so saying all of this and then it's being recorded and then Taylor and the math team and the science team, I guess, shows this in a PowerPoint presentation to Gabriella, mm-hmm. which led her to be so heartbroken, right? To hear like oh, all of this fantasy about them starring in a musical together. He wasn't really like in He's it. not the guy I thought he was. Yeah. yeah. And then which like led to like the most like sad ballad of the of the of the whole movie which kind of reminds me a lot of like if you watch Grease I I bet like it's it's similar to the song Hopelessly Devoted to You where like the girl is just like on her solo shot like singing the super sad song so it's sort of like that but in this movie is this is also kind of just like you know all those heartbreak romance songs that used to play on MTV like in the morning this is what that was like. It's just like a singular shot or like multiple shots of the same whoever heartbroken person is. So I know, like, and she's be like like closing her body on the locker and then like banging yeah. like stuff like that. So this song is for, super sad though. Yeah, and for the time, like this was a very like moving scene. I, I watch it now thinking like, oh my God, I would never do that. But <laughs> you, you can dream, I guess. I know. So I guess like after that, they were like, they have a rift, right? So they weren't mm-hmm. sure like how they stand with each other. She well, it's hit- because Troy didn't know. Troy didn't yeah. know that he was getting set up. And Gabriella didn't know either that technically, you know, it was said out of context. Yeah. So they went on of, uh, on this sad journey for a little bit before, I guess, Chad just confesses his crime to Troy like yo actually it's my bad I did that so this is what actually happened and then I'm gonna support you now yeah it's also worth mentioning though that Chad only fesses up because he could see that Troy was like really down to the point where he any of his basketball skills were impeded due to the fact that he was so upset and so that leads um Taylor to also go onto the side and say to Gabriella, like, hey, we're really sorry. Um, and it was kind of a nice apology, but you know, by then you're hurt. So if I was Gabriella, I would do the same thing. I would just brush it aside and be like, well, you didn't force him to say those things. And so that just deepens this like wound of hers. Yeah, but I think it doesn't take Gabriella and Troy long to basically make up after that so Mm -hmm. after that they were like committed they really want to just do the second audition together they were practicing during like during like their free time so they'll still dedicate some time to their basketball practice and then they'll still dedicate some time to their science decathlon while also finding time to work together with kelsey for their song right so it was like Mm -hmm. apparently it's all going great everybody's supporting them at this point until Sharpay and Ryan decides like well it's actually more Sharpay than Ryan decides like this is not what should be happening right mm-hmm. and then like I know a surefire way to put a dent in their plan and mm-hmm. apparently 
East High is just like a very active campus. They're about to have the basketball game mm-hmm. in East High at the same time that they're gonna have the science decathlon in East High. So apparently, yeah. these two events was was supposed to happen at the same time in the same school. Yep. Like, how often does that happen? happen. Right. right. But Sharpay was like. How about we schedule? We reschedule the second audition. Let let us schedule the callback to be the exact same time as the basketball game, as the science decathlon. Mm-hmm. So now we're gonna have the second callback at the same time because they can't be in two places at once, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> they were like all upset about that when they posted it. But then Troy was like bringing the band together. They were like. We we can do this, but with your help. So yeah. afterwards, they are, uh, I guess, planning their hatching their plan to uh, have the basketball game, have the science decathlon, right? But in the middle of the game, and then in the middle of the decathlon, they mm-hmm. stage like a they they stage a what a almost like a blackout a for blackout. The gym. Right. But then um, for the the lab or the science decathlon, like uh, auditorium. They kind they... of stage a fart bomb, kind of. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I'm just like, how smart are these kids? How'd you get into the electrical wiring? But okay. Okay, so, so basically, so now the, the game has to be suspended based because mm-hmm. of safety regulations. And then people mm-hmm. are escorted out from the, from the science building i guess because mm-hmm. of the, because of the fart bomb situation that yeah. gives troy and gabriel a time to run and to get to the auditorium to do their callback but now, during this whole thing mm-hmm. sharpay and ryan are auditioning with their song which is uh bop to, bop the, to top. the top right and their their um theatrical performance is quite good you know it's exactly what you would expect to be like in a showbiz show tunes type of um audition and so now again troy and gabriella are late oh late again so like their whole yeah. thing in this movie is just them being late mm-hmm. yeah every time <laughs> yeah but then miss darbus was always saying like well you're late you can't do it right and then mm-hmm. it's like the first rule in musical theater is like don't be late right Act yeah like Uh, but they they were like begging Miss Darbus like just let us audition and then Miss Darbus was like we don't have any pianist and then Kelsey just like appears again it's like pianist mm-hmm. is here right so very convenient yeah yep and then so they are in their still in their their uniform I guess so like in their basketball uniform and Gabriella with her lab coat right they were mm-hmm. still. In their attire, but they had to do this musical number of breaking free. And I mean, the other thing is also everyone's getting evacuated from their respective buildings that they were in, right? You would think that they would be outside. No, they all come into this auditorium, auditorium. to watch this performance. <laughs> I know because like, after okay. a whole like electrical wiring issue and then like a whole fart bomb issue, that yeah. you would think that they will evacuate. Like outside. outside, but no, but they no. just went into this auditorium, and then so Troy and Gabriella have a full house of people mm-hmm. watching their performing 
uh, watching their performing Breaking Free, right? Yes. Which makes me question, like, what kind of musical is this that the songs that's been popping up, right? It's like the start of some, oh, no, not the start of something new, but like Bob to the Top and then suddenly Breaking Free. Like, their songs doesn't really, like, connect to each no. other. So you kind of wonder what kind of plot lines is yeah. in this musical that's still right. not to be named yet. Like, they don't know right. a name for it yet. Well, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they perform Breaking Free. Everybody's, like, standing ovation. Miss Darbus is, like, super happy with it. Troy's dad make an appearance in the end, right? Like, seeing, like, oh, my, my son actually enjoys this, like okay look in mm-hmm. his face right and Gabriella's mom is actually there too and she's always so used to Gabriella being shy and not um you know not showing the world like who she really is and so she has this proud moment and Gabriella actually has a moment of stage fright but the chemistry that they have when they perform this song is actually quite nice um because you can tell that they they work off of each other's energy yeah, and because so Gabriella it, was like super like frightened at the beginning, mm-hmm. but like one minute later, she's like she's taking off her lap coat, she's like jamming, yeah. she's like having like this whole like dance routine. So. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, after that, it's just basically just fast forward to that the high school, oh, no, to the basketball game, right? Mm-hmm. Where basically. Troy scored the winning shot because mm-hmm. they were like trailing a little bit and then Troy like scored the winning shot like seven seconds left in the game mm-hmm. right so they all cheer in the basketball court and then Gabriella came in with a with an outfit change they're all now wearing red and white yeah exactly. so <laughs> which is this know... is supposed to be like right after right so apparently yeah. after their audition the the game was supposedly like back on track so they're like going back and then Gabriella and the rest of the cast had like a whole wardrobe change in the middle well, of the, that. The decathlon one as well, right? We yes. don't get to see that part. But now everything's kind of falling into pieces so that we get to the very end. So the East High Wildcats basketball team wins their first championship in a long time. The decathlon team wins. And so I don't know who choreographed or like coordinated for all of them to wear red and white. And not even just like red and white shirts. It would be like red and white, like dresses and like dress clothes. But sure, okay. Anyway. Yeah, so they're all getting started to sing their final number, which mm-hmm. is like, like I we guess the most it. iconic song in like the yeah. whole series because they did multiple versions of it. I guess that's the one that they always do at their concerts and stuff like that now. It's we're all in this together, right? Mm-hmm. It's so they're singing, they're dancing with this whole like entire crew. Everybody's like, everybody's like getting along. Even Sharpay was telling Gabriella to break a leg. They were seemingly on friendly terms. Everybody's mm-hmm. like overcoming their differences and they come together on this whole uh, big musical number. We're all in this together, which reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of like Bollywood movies, kind of. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, with... I can, I can kind of see that. I can, yeah, I can definitely do that. Yeah, and then so it's like curtain calls, right? And then like the credit rolls, and then everybody's just like pairing off, having fun, and then we're treated to an end credit scene. Of... <laughs> we're treated to an end credit scene of Sharpay, who has been dismissing one of the basketball team players, Zeke, 
for mm-hmm. basically the whole movie, right? It's like yeah. she's been saying stuff like evaporate tall person, stuff like that to his face. <laughs> and then he's always like trying to give her cookies. And at oh. the one time that she ate the cookie, she realized how good they were. And then mm-hmm. so she closes the movie. It's like, this is the best cookie that I ever tasted. Please bake more for me. And then they seemingly hug each other. <laughs> and then yeah. that's it. That's the end of the movie. We never yeah, see more thing. than like a chick kiss, an almost kiss, and a back hug, right? That's like the yeah. most physical contact, right? Because this is a high school mu- uh, high school movie that's yeah. like on Disney Channel. It's rated G. We're, we're not going to see anything that's like PG or PG-13 here. It's just yeah. like, it's all very like cute and like happy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which is weird because this is supposed to be an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet but in a happy kind right only yeah. the beginning part they all just like live happily ever after until the second movie but that was that, <laughs> that was the, yeah that was the whole movie um yeah. let's get to the scoring uh as you all know that we've been scoring this based on some criteria the opening the romance the comedy the female lead the male lead the main conflict the character development supporting characters uniqueness and the ending so what would you give the opening a rating of no i gave the opening a four and the reason why i did that is because we get enough backstory to understand right so um, when we first meet Troy, he's playing basketball with his dad and his mom's kind of riding their coattails about like, hey, we're on vacation, let's enjoy this party. And um, Gabrielle is with her nose in a book. But so that I felt like that was a strong enough lead up. It wasn't necessarily um, attention grabbing, but I do respect when a movie, especially a decom, gives me enough backstory to get me to where it needs me to go. Uh, with enough context, because sometimes a lot of decom movies just start off, and you're like, it started already? What's going on? You know? So I can respect where they started with that. Yeah, I actually give this a 4 out of 5 as well. Yeah. For the same reasons. It's And then I actually really love the, the opening song for this yeah. whole mm-hmm. movie. It's start of something new. It's just like, it's very iconic. And then the way that they're acting off like their first meeting is just very mm-hmm. memorable for me. Like Troy is just like like a fish out of the water, like help helpless. And then like there's Gabriella. The way that they met for the first time just have a lot of chemistry. That's why I have give you, this a four. Have you seen the memes of the guy who was running the party, who was kind of like the MC? Mm-hmm. You remember how he says to Troy and Gabriella, like you might thank me for this one day, or not, or not, or. <laughs> Dude, you essentially, if you think about it, if this was a real story, he's the reason why this whole thing started. Yeah. So props to that man. Yeah, so a very memorable opening. And I can understand, like, it wasn't as, like, flashy or whatever. Because, again, this is a Disney Channel original movie. But it mm-hmm. gives, like, all of the right feels. And then it gives the movie a great start. So four mm-hmm. out of yeah. five from both of us, I guess. So the romance. I give this a four out of five as well. Because, yeah. uh, well, I don't know. It's like Zach and Vanessa as Troy and Gabriella just have a lot of chemistry. I guess like even from when they first met, right? They already give like 
like sparks are flying they are like very cute and mm-hmm. even for the remainder of the movie they they continually to be like so supportive of each other i guess and that's why i feel it's like they're they're pretty cute so i give yeah. them a four out of five so i also gave this a four out of five um primarily for the same reason i i will say again for a disney channel movie um and understanding that this was a g rating they did pretty well because you as a teenager you still definitely felt it like oh there's a chemistry there's a an electric type of feeling between these two that bonds them together and etc and so um you got to remember this is also before all of the like Zach and Vanessa whatever and the fact that it actually led to them having a relationship no matter what the outcome was later on really boasted the fact that they were good actors um who were able to sell this romance to mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I'm definitely sold on the romance, so I give it a 4 out of 5. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the comedy. I actually give the comedy a 5 out of 5 because this Did movie you? is funny for me. So even mm-hmm. I when I rewatched it for like the however many hundred time, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the jokes are still like super funny for me. And they're not done in like a a distasteful way even like the miss darby's audition scene right mm-hmm. she's trying so hard to be nice it's like she's like maybe like in the spring musical like the way that she says stuff like even like i guess the exaggeration of like each character right because they have mm. to be larger than life like they I, i i feel like there's no musical theater teacher who's actually like miss darby's but like it makes it funny i don't know i like it so i give it a five <laughs> I gave this a three. Um, I don't think it's outrightly funny. I think it hits the right points, and it definitely makes you smile as you go through. But I think also because I'm grading this now, older at an older age than when I first watched it, I find a lot of these scenes really cringy. It's just I can't get over it. I I don't know what it is. I I think they're they're still quite endearing, but like. Um, A particular example is um, Ms. Darbus goes into the locker room to confront Coach Bolton, and you see a whole bunch of these like high schoolers, you know, in their boxers or whatever, and she just like flips her cape at them. And I know that's supposed to be like kind of funny or whatever, but I'm just like, lady, why would you go in there while they're showering? <laughs> like, you know, also they're young, you shouldn't be in there, anyways. But yeah, three. Okay, next the female lead, Miss Gabriela Montes. I give her a three out of five. You know, because individually without their relationship, I feel mm. like they were like just okay. You know, they were like, I, well, I get like she's like the new girl, right? And then she is like trying to fit in. She's trying to make friends and stuff like that, but. The way that Gabriela does stuff or like say stuff is just very like passive sometimes. It's just like yeah, I guess like no or like so she's constantly being like I guess pushed around. <laughs> so like yeah. this is this is ended up what's happening. So yeah. I give her a three out of five. I gave her a four. I can I can see how you say that. Um, I I I don't particularly mind. Um, Gabriella, 
I think you're right. There are a lot of missed opportunities because she creates some of her own problems. But I feel like that's indicative of a lot of main characters. Um, what I will say about her is that once she is um, comfortable with her own convictions, she becomes a much more relatable character. Yeah. Um, most primarily, like, after the, like, balcony scene where Troy is trying to apologize to her and he comes and sees her, you kind of start to see that she, once she is settled and she feels comfortable, then nothing can really stop her from doing what she wants to do. I think you're right. She, she is a little passive, um, but I think you kind of need that to balance Troy out. Hmm. So I don't mind her. Yeah. And also one of the thing was like, I guess she was supposed to be like an introvert, but Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't, I I wish that I I would see more of her being an introvert because apparently it's just like, they're trying to push like, well, I guess all introverts are just like extroverts in disguise. It's like, they just need to be comfortable enough and they'll open up. Like I, Mm -hmm. well, because like, I feel like when you're a certain personality type, there's mm-hmm. no way that you would just suddenly just be a different type just because you met someone and then like you suddenly become an extrovert. You know, suddenly you're like, I, yeah. I, I, mean, I would counter that though, just because, um, especially growing up with this movie, I I can respect how they portray Gabriella because I think we both kind of see portions of ourselves as, as introverted, right? Perhaps one more than the other, but. I can kind of see portions of myself in her as a female lead character because just because I have a lot of introverted qualities doesn't necessarily mean that I don't want to show the world certain things that I'm working on. And so I think for her, singing was an outlet that Mm. she could share with people in a way that she never did before. And I think she was starting to finally become, again, comfortable with showing that part of her. Um, And that really required him to help her get out of that. And so navigating that journey for her, in addition to the fact that they're romantically involved, was was quite, you know, it's it's nice and it's cute. So, okay, I can respect that. Okay, let's go to the next criteria: May lead, baby Zac Efron or Troy Bolton. (laughs) I give him a three out of five in this one. It's like he. Well, I can appreciate the fact that he's Zac Efron, and then he's very nice to look at. And then, mm-hmm. but like Troy Bolden, is just a very stereotypical character. I want to yep. say, so I just give him a three out of five because of that. I also gave him a three, uh-huh. and I know people are gonna get really upset because Zac Efron in High School Musical was like. Oh, he was a dream, like, dream boat. He's, like, yeah. he's still, like, one of my teenage crushes. I And I think Zac Efron is cool, even today, especially today. But I don't get it. He, let's just say not my speed. But again, they, they really dug into this whole lunkhead basketball man thing Mm -hmm. and i know that that's a line from the movie but seriously and they try to make him a little bit more complex now that he's into this singing and he's fighting against parents expectations to find what he wants in himself but again none of that is really brand new it's not innovative it's not revolutionary these are things in rom-coms that you see very often and disney channel isn't doing anything to break that if anything disney channel is 
um, a system that perpetuates that type of ideological thinking. And so it's exactly what you ordered for. Um, and for a lot of people, they are in love with Zac Efron. So kudos to y'all. I was one of them when I was a kid, man. I yeah. was <laughs> Zac Efron was like the man. <laughs> that hair, guys. I can't. That hair. I don't know why any of us thought it was good back then. Oh God, no. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> but then, like, oh. I kind of like see Zac. Uh, no, see Troy. It's like mm. it's like the popular kid, and then in the end, the popular kid just always gets the gets the throne. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. he had it, I guess, sort of easy. I don't want to say I, I don't want to say he had it easy. I, I I say that he had like green lights throughout his whole mm-hmm. life, and then like even like even with his friends like disagreeing with his decision to join the musical or whatever right mm-hmm. he still have it easy because he's he have such supportive friends too after that you know <laughs> so it's like i don't want to hate on him but he's also like i i wish there's more to him but i guess that's what we explore in the second or third movie right because even mm-hmm. like when we remember when we were doing to all the boys like who was him? Peter Kafinski didn't start out so so hot, right? That's true. But then we ended up loving him as it as it progresses. So I and I and I think in a way you can kind of say that um, Troy Bolton has been the foundation for all of these other rom coms that have come after. Um, because again, Peter Kavinsky, when you think about it, kind is is kind of like Troy, you know, mm-hmm. um, jock, popular, whatever, but also still kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And so. I guess those are some of the small intricacies that they try to build into it. But yeah, yeah for right but now... But how often do you see nice jocks, you know, in high school? Yeah. You know? But anyway, that's a story for another day. Let's move in yeah. for, to the main conflict. So actually, yeah. I give the main conflict a 4 out of 5. It's very relatable for the... Well, I guess for the time frame and then for the audience that it's targeting in. Uh, mm-hmm. stick to the status quo, right? It's just like, this is like the main issue. It's like, do you just stay on your small bubbles or you can actually find ways to branch out and then like work with each other who might not have the same interests as you and then blah, blah, blah. So I find that it's a very relatable conflict, I guess, cause of conflict, especially for high schoolers, mm. like young kids watching this. So I give it a four out of five. Yeah. I, I gave this a three, and I think it's just, again, due to the fact that it's not really new. So for anyone who's ever made the illusion of, like, High School Musical being rooted in Shakespeare's, like, Romeo and Juliet, you see tenets of that as you go through the movie. And so then it made the conflict very predictable. I think they, they change how it comes about because it's not feuding families. It's feuding, like social stratas and then you put in other characters like Sharpay and Ryan to be different types of agents to move the story plot along um but we knew from the get-go that the main conflict was going to be that Troy and Gabriella would have a lot of hurdles to jump over for them to then be able to be in a relationship with one another or to be accepted by society right yeah so i don't think i came into it expecting anything else and i think they delivered on that but because of that for me it's a more guilty pleasure type of thing because even though i know how it's going to turn out i still want to see it anyway 
Okay. Alright, so next is character development. I give this a 3 out of 5. Because really? there's... Okay. For me, there's not much character development. Because things hmm. just ended up working out in their favor for Troy and Gabriella. Instead of them having to make personal sacrifices to... to well, basically, I guess like that's all life is, right? You're you, you're making a bunch of choices, and then you live by that. But uh, mm. for them, they're they don't end up making a choice. They ended up just giving like getting the buffet, which is like all the best of the world, all you can eat. You can be a, a basketball star, and you can be a science decathlon. You can also be a musical theater stars too. You know, mm. so it's like you're given the best of both world. You're given everything that you wanted without much hurdles so i think that's why i give it a three out of five for character development you know mm-hmm. i gave this a four um i'm actually kind of surprised i mean i'm think i'm rethinking the score but i i feel like the reason why i gave this a four it wasn't necessarily the character development of troy or gabriella overall it was a lot of the other characters, the mm. fact that they could see how much hurt that they had, you know, essentially pushed upon mm. these two main leads and then coming to terms with what they did mm. and then trying to be more supportive. So Chad, for example, you're supposed to be Troy's best friend, but you're the one who's really being antagonistic to him throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And so when you really think about it, there aren't very many like specific antagonists in this movie. Um, I guess mine is Sharpay, but even but Sharpay even Sharpay is, like, is not, not fully really, yeah yeah she's not a villain right so yeah. everyone is so encumbered by their own individual wants and they're projecting that onto the main characters and when they finally realize like oh what I'm doing is not right they stop I'm not saying they do it well all throughout but like when Taylor apologizes to Gabriella they didn't technically have to do that they could have just let it go. Um, Chad definitely didn't have to go ahead and apologize. I think it's nice when you're able to show that your friend can screw up and they can be man enough to accept the fact that they screwed up and they have to apologize. Now, on the other hand, it also shows a lot for someone to accept an apology. And so I think Troy did that well. I don't think Gabriella did it all that well in the beginning. But then the final reason I gave this a higher character development score is because Troy's dad, even though he didn't verbalize it much, did come around to at least being his son by like seeing that he was coming um, into a new like love in his life, which was singing. And he comes to the performance or the audition. And I thought that was nice. Okay. So let's go to the next criteria, which is the supporting character, which is probably like the same stuff that we already said just before, right? So for the supporting characters, I agree with a lot of your points. I give it a four out of five. Definitely the cast as a whole makes Mm -hmm. the whole movie, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Chad and Taylor, Sharpay and Ryan. The fact that there's no like actual fill-in in the movie because like as we compare with like what a girl wants there's a, like a clear fill-in who's just like I guess pure evil there's no mm-hmm. one in here that's like actually pure evil because like looking at it from Sharpay's perspective right you have like you've been like 
in all of the musicals. You have the experience. Mm-hmm. You've been doing so many musicals. You've been dominating the whole game, and then suddenly mm-hmm. these two like newcomers come and try to steal what you think is your show, and they are constantly being late and unprepared for it. You know, yeah. I can see how like Sharpay in her own little mind would think that. Wow, I need to do something to stop this. It's like they don't deserve it or something like that. Yeah. You know? Even yeah. though it's not right, but I can see where all of those intentions are coming from. The same with what you said before now with uh, Chad and then with Taylor, right? So I give them a four out of five. Even Miss Darbus was a treat. <laughs> yeah, I also gave this a four. I, I feel like the only reason I didn't give this a five is because we didn't get to spend enough time with the character, the supporting characters. They were definitely there and they helped to amplify the story as a whole. Um, but I would have liked to see a little bit more of, you know, Chad and Zeke and the rest of the team or um, Taylor when she's not conniving and scheming with Chad. You You kind of get moments of that, but you can obviously tell that the arc of it was so that they can continue to push this idea of Troy and Gabriella. I feel like Sharpay was the star of this movie. And I don't necessarily think that I appreciated that until I was older. I know, um, me too. But now that I see her, I'm just like, yeah, girl, I get it. This was your show. And they're like hopping up on your turf and you're doing everything you can to protect you. But you didn't do it necessarily the right way, but I, I really can understand where Sharpay is coming from, which is which makes sense why she gets her own like spin-off movie later on in the I, future. I know. So, and I guess like even with Miss Darbus perpetuating, like, you know, in musical theater, you're not supposed to be late. I call your name mm. twice, you're not here, you're out, right? Yeah. But then like Miss Darbus is constantly making excuses for Gabrielle and Troy. I see how exactly. Sharpay was supposed to be like Miss Darbus, like number one student. Yeah. It's like, why is like why are you treating me like this? I yeah, understand and also, that. Also, Ryan. Ryan is supposed to be like just you know someone who's always helping his sister but he has a couple of funny moments when he can't read drama club but you're the co-president of drama club like sir stop playing anyways (laughs) it's cute though you know yeah uh wish they would show more of the gabriella's mom and troy's dad but because like Mm. but i i guess they're given enough for the first movie to be yeah to be like even that last last part where they added Gabriella's mom at the when when they were performing right it's like the the small details it counts yeah what did you give this a score of that I didn't hear I I, gave it a four okay same with me okay the next part is the uniqueness so I think you might disagree with me here but I give this a five because for its time there wasn't anything like this like Mm. for for my era when I'm growing up, there wasn't anything as like a bomb or as amazing of a teen musical than this one. It's like I get they're borrowing themes from like other teen movies or Romeo and Juliet, but they're doing it with songs and like awesome choreography that mm-hmm. me in my like in my in front of my TV when I was a kid, this was like, oh, this is so awesome. So I give this a five out of five. Yeah, I gave this a four. Um, it's not as low as I thought I was going to score this 
for the other points that we have talked about earlier. Again, it's a predictable movie. Um, but I, I think in actuality, I would be in agreement with you to say, yeah, we've never seen anything like this. At least that was tailored to us as an audience at the time, especially. We, we had gotten taste of what decom musicals were like with the Cheetah Girls. Mm. But they had never endeavored on completing a project this large of this scale because the Cheetah Girls also had a lot of bigger stage productions, but it was never centered around something like this, like a whole school and this many groups and this many moving parts. Because at the end of the day, also, you remember what the extras look like mm -hmm. because they use them again in High yeah. School Musical 2 and High School Musical 3. And so they they were very consistent in the telling of this story. And I get it. The first one, you're testing out the waters. You want to see whether or not people are going to, you know, um, relate to it. And they obviously did. And so also the fact that they were bringing in Disney Channel stars like um, Ashley Tisdale to play Sharpay, to play a completely different character than she was portraying on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, you hadn't really seen much of that either because Again, talking about Cheetah Girls, Raven's character is kind of similar to Raven's character in her show. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting a lot of these multifaceted portions of what obviously you and I would consider like the glory days of Disney Channel. And <laughs> it, it came out to be a really good project. And I can definitely see why it's so iconic in the hearts of like a bunch of millennials. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that they were given, they were giving so much faith in casting like new blood, basically, mm. because Zach and Vanessa has never been in a, I guess, leading role, like aside yeah. from High School Musical. And then mm -hmm. the fact that they're casting both of them in the lead role, and they put so much faith in them, right? And then it ended up working greatly in their favor and launched mm -hmm. both of their careers, I guess. Okay. Yeah appreciation for that okay and the last but not least the ending i'm giving this a five out of five because we're all in this together will be and forever will be one of the best ending song and like musical number and like all yeah. what genre do i want to use all genre <laughs> yeah yeah totally agree i also gave this a five and again i, I think it's also due to the fact that this soundtrack is, I, I don't know that I will ever be able to purge these songs out of my mind. And I think throughout this entire week of rewatching this movie, um, it's just been continuously playing in the back of my head throughout the day. But also, yeah, I can still remember some of these dance steps. Crazy. Yeah, even the Disney dance. Channel? I remember they used to have like a whole dance tutorial, right? Yes. And then on Disney Channel, they were like, pop it up in the middle of whatever time it is like they'll have like this random dance tutorials plus they will have like sing-along versions sing -along version. of yes. the movie release or like played at a random time and then like you'll so you're like I guess brainwashed by Disney am I, I brainwashed by Disney at this point that I can remember all of the dance and all of the songs for this movie yeah 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 but amazing ending it's yeah. like iconic that's five. exactly how you want an a, like an ending to play out. It's all happy, good songs, everyone's all together, really big like showcase. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. And the fact that Zach used a 
ghost singer, I guess, for the whole movie for this one, right? It was something oh God, that yeah. we did mention, but we had like it didn't go into our criteria or whatever, right? No. But this is just like one mind blowing fact that's been like bugging me. It's like it's not actually his voice; it's Drew Seeley's voice. And and now knowing that, especially watching it this past week. You could really tell yes. that it was not Zach. It wasn't right? him. And then you will know. You yeah, will notice so anyone, it. So for anyone who didn't know this, and we're sorry to burst your bubble, but Zach Efron does not sing at all throughout this entire movie. Even when they did their tour, they even still had Drew Seeley out to perform. And go back and watch certain scenes, especially during Breaking Free. You can really tell. But yeah, you can you can see even with the lip syncing that his voice does not match up to his lips as he's singing. And there's only maybe one scene, one scene where Zach sings himself and it's that balcony scene. When he opens the door, there's no music backing him and he's uh he's singing to um Vanessa. I'm sorry, um Gabriella. And that's his voice there. And then compare that scene to every other musical number and you know for a fact that's not him. I know. So you know how in the end we usually give extra credits for like the movie for whatever mundane reason we have? So mm-hmm. I would have given one for the soundtrack itself. But then because of the whole ghost singer something, it kind of negates itself so I ended up not giving an extra credit for this movie. <gasps> I will still give it an extra credit point for the soundtrack. Okay. Because it has lasted throughout time. Okay. Also, they were just having Zac Efron in musical, like, vocal classes. So he at least sings in the next two movies. <laughs> so, as much as, and also I love Drew Seeley. So, okay. and I like his voice. So we let's keep that in there. Okay. So with one extra credit, we're going to tally our own scores. So I've tallied up mine, and I have 40 out of 50. I have 38 out of 50. So altogether, we have 78 plus one, right? So we have 79% for a Disney Channel original movie, High School Musical, right? That's a pretty high score, I feel like. What? C plus? No, no, right? No? B plus? B minus? B minus. Whatever let's, it is, people. Yeah, let's give it a B minus for now. But it's still a good movie. Go watch it. If if you're like even in the same age group as we are, it's it's like, do you even need a reason to rewatch it? It's like you should just rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Just rewatch it. <laughs> I will say, I will say personally, this isn't one of those movies that I just like randomly watch out of nowhere. But when I do rewatch it, I'm glad I did. But also Every, I feel like every road trips that we have, or like any yeah. car rides that last like longer than two hours or like yeah. an hour, you will like expect us to sing at least one song, right? From the whole high school yeah. musical, like from one, two, three, I guess. So one of the soundtrack will somehow make it to our playlist or our rotation. Yeah, so fun fact, Cindy and I had gone to Disney World a couple of years ago with a bunch of girlfriends, and I swear, we're not, it's not like we were younger than, like, 18, we were already in our 20s, and you have six girls 
lunked into this one sedan headed over to Disney World as they were opening. Just belting out High School Musical at the top of our lungs. Oh my god. I know. Crazy. High School Musical will forever will be the best road trip soundtrack. Road trip soundtrack. <laughs> and with that, we're ending our episode. So tune in next week. I don't remember what we're doing next week. What we're doing next week? Oh, now? I'm excited for next week. 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay, so next week, we're going to be watching 10 Things I Hate About You. So we'll see you then. Bye. Have a good week. Bye.